So a couple weeks ago, I told you about when I fell in love in college. And today, I want to stay in the same uh, time period of my life, and I want to tell you about my first week at college. So I was lucky enough to be able to play football in college, and so what that means is you show up to campus a month early because you have to go through fall training camp. And what you realize the first week as a freshman college football player is that no one gives a rip about you. Coaches don't know your name. You're nothing but a body with scrawny arms and chicken legs. And they're going to prove this to you because the first thing you do is they bring you to the weight room to see how much weight you can lift. And so you walk in there as a freshman. This is not a joke. This is what happened the first time I walked in the weight room. There's this big old hoss, and he's ready to max out in the squat rack. He's like a senior. Easily over 600 pounds on this bar. If you've ever seen 600 pounds on a weight bar, it looks like a rubber band because there's just so much weight hanging off of it. So he puts the weight on his shoulder, and he's got the, getting really right to lift this weight. People around him are with him chanting, like, you can do it, you can do it. And this is what he does. There's like a mirror in front of you. With his forehead, smashes the mirror. Glass goes everywhere. So now there's blood going down this guy's face. He lifts like 600 pounds. The place erupts with people screaming. And as a freshman, you're like, what is going on? And then Bloody Face looks at you and says, what do you want to lift? I don't know, 25s would be a good warm-up for me. I don't know. So then you go to the workouts, and they go see how fast you are. And then they bring you into the locker room. So you walk into the locker room. And I'm going to edit this part of the story out for you. Because you don't want to know what happened in the locker room. And so they bring you to the dining room. And the dining room is where you think you're going to eat food. What you're really going to do is entertain the team. And by entertain the team, they're going to make you sing. And if you don't sing to their standards, they will boo you. And they'll make you sing a different song. And eventually, you'll have to use hand gestures if, if they really want to make you suffer. So it's my turn to entertain the team. And I get up there, I get booed, and I get booed again, and I get booed again. And so eventually, I'm on the second floor of the cafeteria, so everybody who's on campus can see me, and I have to sing, my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> and they're like, it's better than yours. <laughs> and then you go to meetings, they install the playbook, you have no idea what's going on. The next day you go to practice, and oh yeah, by the way, that cat who just smashed his face on a mirror, now he's running at you full speed. And so he steamrolls you a couple times, you're screaming for an ice pack, and by the time Friday rolls around, every freshman wants to quit. And this is what the coach did, and he did it every year, I came to realize. He called a, a meeting for just the freshmen, so we all walk into his office, we sit down, and he says, guys... I need you to jump in. I need you to jump into the team, to jump into the process. I need you to give away your gifts, and I need you to give them away for free, expecting nothing in return. Don't rob yourself. Don't rob us. Jump in, give us your gifts, and give them away for free. And so I, along with most of the other freshmen, did jump in, and it was one of the best decisions of my life. And so why do I tell you that? Because today we're talking about the gifts God has given us. That the Holy, Holy Spirit enabled you have a gift from God. And I just have to ask you up front, 
Are you jumping in with your gift? Are you giving away your gifts for free, expecting nothing in return? Are you jumping in and playing the game? Or are you more like a freshman this morning, hesitant, nervous, unsure what to do, maybe to live in a little scared, and you're just kind of watching people use their gifts. You're kind of on the sidelines just trying to figure out what's going on. Because that's a temptation, right? The temptation's not to play the game. The temptation is to stay on the sideline. Actually, the temptation, it's to sit in the bleacher, right? Sit in the stands and just watch with seltzer and popcorn. Well, I'll tell you where the sermon's going to go before we get there. God does not want spectators in the church. He is not interested in you sitting on the bleachers. He has given you a gift, and it's for the local church. And the invitation for all of us today is to jump in, give away your gifts, and give them away for free. Because giftedness, it's not about you, right? The best way, God's given you a gift, it's for us, and it's ultimately for his sake. That's how giftedness works. You all have a gift, it's for all of us, and it's ultimately for his glory. And that's why at Genesis, we make such a big deal about serving. You probably hear it every week, join a team, join a team, because we believe that God is bringing people to Genesis. We believe the Spirit draws people, and our hope is that when people walk through the doors, they just see something a little different. They experience something a little different. They experience you having a gift for us, but ultimately, they're seeing Christ. They're experiencing Christ. That's why I make a big deal about serving here. And ultimately, we don't think giftedness stops on a Sunday. We think you're called to serve all week. And so we make a big deal because I can promise you that if you are not serving us here for his glory, there's no way you're serving outside of here. So the call today for all of us is the same. Jump in, give away your gifts, and give them away for free. Of course, the question is, why don't we already do that? Why are we stingy with our gifts? Why don't we give them away for free? Why do we even sometimes give gifts, but we expect something in return? Why is it so hard just to freely jump in? Well, if you have your Bibles, open up to 1 Peter 4. As you flip there, uh, as a way of context, Peter's writing to the church in Rome. And Rome is uh, as a persecuted church, and Rome is a pretty hostile city to the gospel. And so much of Peter's letter, it's kind of grounded around this idea that you're an alien in a foreign land. That you're a Christian, your real home is with Christ, your real home is in heaven, but just for now, you're living away. You're living apart from that. And so as he talks about being an alien in a foreign land, this is what he says in 1 Peter 4. I'm going to start in verse 7, but then I'm going to jump down to verse 10 as you follow along. He says, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Verse 10, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, 
Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So let me just ask you again, what keeps you from jumping in? What keeps you from giving away your gifts freely? I know when I look at areas of my life, and there's, there's areas where I feel like I'm not fully jumping in, where I'm kind of just maybe tipping my toes in the water, but I'm not quite ready to give that cannonball quite yet. When I have this hesitancy to jump in and just go after it as fast as I can, I'm always confronted with the mindset of the New Testament. Because the authors in the New Testament, they all have this urgency. They all kind of have this angst inside of them. that The game is being played now, and it's a fast-paced game. Because what Peter says in verse 7, right? The end of all things is at hand. That's Peter's way of saying just for now. We've been talking about this for the last month and a half. That all of us, we only have a couple years left. It's our just for now. Because the end is coming. The end is almost here. And so Peter says, be, be self-controlled, be sober-minded. Don't get distracted about your just for now focusing on you. He says, you're just for now. It needs to be shaped by the reality that it's almost over. And so if you have a gift, jump in and start playing immediately because we don't know when just for now is finally done. Let me just ask you this question. I know we can't know this, but pretend like we could know this. Pretend that we knew when Jesus was coming back. Pretend that we knew he was coming back tomorrow. If you knew that without a doubt, what would you do differently today? What choices would you make differently today? Martin Luther, who was a reformer, he asked and answered that question, and this is what Luther said. He said, if I knew Christ was coming back tomorrow, today I would pay my taxes and plant a tree. And this was Luther's point. The reality that the end is almost near, it shouldn't change how you're living today. Because you should already be living that way. So if you think of this question, what would I do differently, and you just have a laundry list of things you would do differently, what Peter is saying is, you're just for now, your mind's, you don't have a sober mind, you're not self-controlled. You're making your just for now just about you. What Peter's telling us, though, is no, you have a gift, it's for us, and it's for his sake. So let the urgency of the end being near, let that fuel how you play the game. And so let me just ask the question again. What keeps you from jumping in? What keeps you from giving away your gifts and giving them away for free? So maybe you rolled up to Genesis today, and you were directed to a parking space by a handful of guys, and then you walked through the doors, you were greeted. You went to, dropped off your kid in Genesis Kids, and it seemed like a pretty tight operation back there. They're having a good time. You went over to your cafe, you got your drink, moseyed on in here, was greeted again, sang a banging worship song, listening to a sermon. You're going to sing a little more music in a little bit, and then you're going to leave. And if you're honest with yourself, what you're thinking is, this place doesn't need me to serve. Seems like they know what they're doing here. Like your reason for not diving in is I don't need to serve because this church doesn't need me to. Well, if that's the reasoning you're giving for not jumping in, I would just tell you this. You are 100% correct. 
this church, along with every other church, does not need you to serve. Like, I love all of you so much. No one here is all that impressive. No one here is so impressive that God is just begging you to serve him. Acts 17, 25, God is not served by human hands as though he needed anything. So God's not up in heaven just begging us to serve him. And so the last thing this sermon is, is a beg to serve. The day I beg anyone to do anything for God is the day I resign. I think that's so far below who God is. So I would say, you're right, this church doesn't need you to serve, but this is what I would tell you. You need to serve because you need to experience God's grace more fully. You need to serve because you need grace. Like, look with me again, 1 Peter 4.10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Did you catch that? Your gift to serve is God's grace in your life. Your gift is his grace. And so if you want to experience grace and enjoy grace, well, then you need to exercise the gift. And I'm not saying that you get grace by serving. I'm saying you experience grace more fully when you serve. Because it's God's grace in your life that he would even want you on the team, that he would invite you to play the game. It's his grace that he would give you a gift to do that. Because think of the audacity of this for a moment. He would look at us as uh, sinful, rebellious people. He would look at Kyle 10 years ago. In, in the mouth that Kyle used to curse God, to belittle God, to make fun of God. No, God would save me, and he says, that mouth, you're going to use that mouth to talk about me the rest of your life. You're going to use that mouth to proclaim my excellencies in the gospel the rest of your life. That is grace. That is grace for you that God would take you at your worst and he would save you and then his spirit would give you a gift and he would say, now use that gift for me. If you want to experience grace more fully, jump in. Give away your gifts and give them away for free. Peter's not the only guy who says this. Paul says this in Romans 12. Verse 6, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. And then Paul has this long list of gifts. Ephesians 4, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And then Paul describes what that gift and that grace is, and it's the different offices in the church different giftings that he's given. Your gift is his grace to you. You have a gift. It's for us, and it's for his sake. So jump in. Give away your gift. Give it away for free, because you need grace. One of the happiest, most full-of-life guys I know is Bob Richardson. And if you know Bob, Bob leads the cafe team. And Bob, he is full of life. He is just bouncy and bubbly. He always has a word of encouragement for you. Every day is the best day ever. And you come up to Bob, and, and it takes everything for me to say, Bob, calm down, bro. It's Sunday morning. Because there's something different about that cat. But if you talk to Bob and say, Bob, like, what's driving this in you? Like, why, why do you serve with this attitude? 
Bob will be the first guy to tell you, dude, I get to use God's gift to serve God's people for God's glory? Where else do I want to be on a Sunday morning? See, Bob's experiencing God's grace in serving. So the point of the sermon, be like Bob. Just kidding. Jump in, give away your gifts, and give them away for free. The church does not need you. I promise you, Genesis will be fine if you keep sitting on your hands. But you need to serve because you need grace and you need to enjoy gospel to you in the uh, avenue of gifting. So what other reason do you have for not jumping in? What other reason do you have for not fully giving gifts away for free? Well, maybe you have a nasty case of gift envy. Gift envy is one of the more sinister reasons that I hear that people don't serve. And in some respect, gift envy is just a consequence of the culture. Where we love to pedestalize some gifts, and we think some gifts are great, and, and some gifts are celebrated, and, and we just lift up the person with this sort of gifting, and we think God is using that person in such a great way. In the, if I don't have that gifting, or I wish I had that gifting, but since I don't, I'm just not going to serve. Right? Like we're wishing we had somebody else's gifts, or we had their opportunity to try what they do. And so we think, well, goodness, if I can't lead like Michael, or if I can't sing in the key of Detweiler, or if I can't preach, or if I can't lead a group, well, goodness, what I'm doing is really not all that important. That mentality that some gifts are better than other gifts, like just that is straight from the pit of hell. That is so not how God designed gifting the work. Because look what Peter says again with me. Verse 10, Peter 4. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. 11. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So I love Peter here because of all the gift listing in the Bible, Peter paints with the broadest stroke. He says, there's speaking gifts and there's serving gifts. But what Peter never says is that speaking gifts are better than serving gifts, or that serving gifts are better than speaking gifts. He doesn't go there. We go there. Peter doesn't go there. Because what, what holds this together in Peter's mind? It's all about God. Some of you, you have a voice and it is meant to proclaim and teach and celebrate who God is. And the other, others of you, you have hands. And your hands are meant to show the strength of God and the grace that God supplies. But whether it's your voice or whether it's hands, it doesn't matter. It's all about God. You have a gift for us and it's all for him. So jump in. Give away your gifts and give them away for free. Listen, what you have, the gifting that you have, that's God's grace in your life. That's him just showering you with grace. And what you don't have, you don't have. And you can't control that. How do you think that looks to God when we sit there with this gift that he's given us and we think, yeah, but I really wanted that. I really want to do that. Like if you think that holding a microphone makes your gifting more effective or makes it more important, 
you're not talking about serving Jesus. You're talking about serving ego. Because you have a gift for us, and it's all for him. 1 Peter 4. Whoever speaks, whoever serves, it's all that in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. The motivation in gifting, the motivation in serving is always the glory of Jesus Christ. And so if I'm holding a mic or if I'm holding the door, if I'm holding a toddler, if I'm holding a broom, if I'm holding the vacuum, if I'm holding the garbage, it doesn't matter because Christ is being glorified. And if Christ is glorified, I'm good. Like, I'm happy. Right? You have a gift for us for his glory. So jump in. Give away your gifts and give them away for free. What other reasons do you have for not jumping in with your gifts? Well, maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, all right, this is my time. Like, I work like a dog all week long. I wrestle around with my kids every day all week long. My professors are just jamming down homework and reading to do. I'm exhausted. Saturday, well, that's just errands and chores. And so for the love of donuts, bro, give me a Sunday morning. Like, let me have an hour to myself. It's a my time mentality. Or maybe we just spiritualize the my time mentality. I'm so spiritually exhausted right now. And I've just been dog-tired all week. I'm clinging on to life support. And so I come in here. Is that Eminem? Let's go. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I did not expect that song. That's good. <clears throat> so you come in here with this spiritual my time mentality. And you think, I'm just spiritually exhausted. I'm clinging on to life support. And so I just need a sermon. I just need to sing. I just need to be prayed for. I just need to take in all these spiritual things. Because if I don't get my Sunday spiritual fix, I'm dead all week. So the reason we don't serve is because we have this my time mentality. Well, this is what I would say to you if that is the reason you don't jump in and give away your gifts for free. The reason why you are spiritually exhausted and you are dog-tired and you need my time is 100% because you're not using your gifts. That's the reason you're feeling it. So I want to do a little competition with us all, and I need us all to participate. All right, so I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, I need us all to inhale. And when you inhale, inhale as long as you can. Okay, so we're all going to do this. No one be lame. This is cool. It's fun. <laughs> Count to three. Inhale as long as you can. One, two, three. Okay, we made it like four seconds. You cannot live if you only inhale. You need to exhale at some point. In my time mentality, that is all inhaling. Christian, most of the Christian walk, it's all inhaling. Go to church, read the Bible, say some prayers, hear a sermon, sing some songs, go to group. You, you just, you need to exhale at some point. In gifting, serving, that's exhaling. 
That's healthy rhythm. You breathe in, you breathe out. You breathe in, you breathe out. And then you can run fast. You can sprint. You can play the game full speed. Like, take my word for it. The people I know who are spiritually most exhausted, they are not the people who are serving 30 hours a week. They're the people who are serving zero. God did not design you just to inhale. You've got to exhale at some point or you are going to wither away to nothing. I'm not sure how this my time mentality crept into the church. I'm not sure how this hyper-consumeristic mentality found its way of all places into a church where it's just about serve me, feed me, make me happy and make me better and make me more spiritual. Because this is kind of what we're saying, if I can translate for us. If your mentality is my time, what you're really saying is, Jesus, I like the guy, I just don't want to be like the guy. He's a great savior, terrible role model. Because Jesus made so clear, Mark 10, Matthew 20, John 13, I did not come to be served. I did not come to consume. I did not come to only inhale. No, I came to serve. I came to exhale. And if you want to be my followers, you've got to live this life of serving others. That's just the Christian rhythm. Sitting in the bleachers, sitting on your hands, not jumping into the game, it's not really a, a serving thing. That's a Jesus thing. That doesn't so much say anything about you as it says what you think about Jesus. 1 John 2, 6. Those who claim to be in him, abide in him, must walk as he walked. Jesus is so clear. You know, you have a gift. It's for us, and it's for his sake. So jump into the game Give away your gifts and give them away for free. And then have a blast doing it. Just go back to the football analogy for one second. Just imagine you spend all winter at the winter workouts. And then spring ball comes around, you have to play spring ball. And then summer comes around, you have summer training. Then you report for fall camp. You do a month of hitting each other. And then all of a sudden, it's September and it's game time. And you've been training all year for this. And you're getting jacked up, and the coach is jacked up, and he says, okay, we're going to play. And you have a playbook that's untouchable, right? The plays we're going to run, you're going to smoke these clowns. It's going to be 100 to nothing, just jump into the game, run full speed, and you're going to have a blast doing it. You've been working out your strength. You have the gifting to do it, so just jump in and play the game. And then you look to the coach and say, Nah, I don't think so. I'll go sit in the bleachers, though, with my popcorn, and I'll watch everyone else play. Or you know what I'm going to do, Coach? Uh, me and some of the other players, we're going to start a small group, and we're going to talk about what it would look like to play the game. And then we're going to pray about what it would look like to play the game. But we're not actually going to jump in. Or you know what, Coach? I would love to play, but I'm only going to play if you let me be the running back. 
Coach, I would play, but man, Saturday mornings, that's my time, bro. I'm going to put my feet up and just relax a little bit. At what point does it make any sense that you're on the team? God's invitation is jump in, give away your gifts, and give them away for free. And then have a blast doing it. If, if your gifting is his grace in your life, and if Jesus said in Matthew 16 that I'm going to build a church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against this church, you can go out with such confidence and say whatever gifting I have, I'm full sprint. Because the end is near. This just for now is not that much longer. And so I can play and I can have a blast doing it. I can make my best friends doing it. And whether my gifting is speaking or whether my gifting is serving, it doesn't matter. Like I can just go full out and have fun. Because in the process, Christ, I'm helping people see you. I'm helping people look like you. That's the invitation. Jump in this morning. Give away your gifts and give them away for free. Expecting nothing in return. If, if you spend your life serving every day, and at the end of it, no one remembers your name, but everyone says, man, I saw Jesus in that guy. Man, I saw Christ in that woman. Well, praise the Lord. We're not living here to be remembered. No, we're jumping in. We have gifts, and we're going to give them away for free. Because when we do that, it's for his sake. You have a gift for us, but it's for his sake. Get out of the bleachers. Get off your hands and just run full tilt. And you will have the best time of your life doing it. I want to invite my friend Dave Scheffler up here to a warm round of applause. Uh, Dave is a guy who is pretty darn close to killing it in every respect in this realm. So Dave, full-time job, right, working 40 hours a week. He's engaged, so he's planning a wedding. Yeah. Dave leads worship. He leads our rehearsals. He does all the computer work for us on the worship team. He serves in the back of the house on the sound. He leads a group. He serves in the living room. And last week, he was here till 10 o'clock every night rewiring computers for us. So we're not saying that Dave's perfect, but he's pretty darn close to perfect. <laughs> and so I just wanted Dave to encourage us this morning uh, with how he's seen serving and giftedness work out in his life. So Dave, how would you say uh, that living out your giftedness has helped your walk with God? Well, I first want to start with a disclaimer that I am not an expert at this. Uh, serving is something that I am continually growing in, continually learning in, continually failing in, too. Um, but with that said, um, I would say one of the biggest ways that serving has impacted my own walk with God is that serving forces me to get the focus off of myself. I don't know about you guys, but I am inherently a selfish person. 
I am always thinking about myself, what I want to do, how I want to spend my time, how I want to use the resources that I have. And I found that when I get into those, uh, that mindset, um, that is just a super unhealthy rhythm and my walk with God suffers because of it. Um, but I've noticed that when I do serve, when I do get my mind off of myself and I get it onto others and I focus on God, um, that gets me in a much bet better pattern and I'm able to see what God is doing all around me. That's awesome, man. How would you say you experience grace in gifting? Yeah, so I loved your example of inhaling and exhaling, this idea of being poured into, but also pouring out ourselves. And I think the default way for us to think about that is when we're inhaling, when we're being poured into, that's the time to learn, that's the time to grow, that's the time to receive. But I have found that some of the biggest lessons that I have learned, lessons in humility, lessons in forgiveness, have come at times when I am exhaling, times that I'm serving. Um, it's one thing to sit in a chair on Sunday morning and to hear a message on humility, but it's something completely different to actually have to demonstrate humility uh, to the people that you're serving. Um, so I would just say that when I'm serving, um, I'm actually able to experience the gospel. Dave, I think one question that uh, I know I did not ask and I did not answer, but I'm sure many people have, is this idea of giftedness in, okay, if I have a gift, I don't know what my gift is. Mm. And I would love to serve, but I don't know where to start. So what encouragement would you give to someone who's not quite sure what their giftedness is? Yeah, well, I would say two things. Uh, the first one is simply you have a gift. Uh, you may not think that you do, but you have a gift. The passage in First Peter today, it says, as each of you has received a gift. Um, as a personal example, um, I have, um, I've served a few times back in Genesis Kids, and it's been a really great experience. Um, but that is not my gifting. <laughs> <laughs> we have an amazing team of volunteers who serve back there each week and pour out their hearts for, for the kids here at the church. Um, and it's just so exciting, encouraging to see them in the zone and getting to pour out. Um, but I'm so glad I did have that experience. Uh, just because you're not spiritually gifted in a certain area doesn't mean you can't serve, you can't give in that area. Um, so I would just say, give something a try. Um, get in the game, as you would say. Um, and who knows what God is going to show you through it. Uh, last one, Dave. Uh, to the person here who's maybe been sitting in the bleachers for a few months, if not a few years, what encouragement would you give them? I would just say you're missing out. Um, you're missing out on all that God wants you to experience um, in living for him, living for his kingdom. Um, I know I've been in seasons where I haven't been in the game. I've been checked out, haven't been using the gifts that God has given me, God has given me, um, but there is grace even in that. Um, so my encouragement to you would be um, take, take a first step. Um, God is moving all around us. Um, and when we begin to serve, uh, we're able to actually see what he is doing. That's good. I think um, 
piggyback on what you're saying, which is good. Uh, I fully know that for some of you here today, uh, you're here and you need a season of rest. And you're feeling beat up, maybe from a different church, maybe from a bad circumstance, and you just need to kind of sit and be ministered to because it's just, you need uh, to get healthy. And if that's where you're at today, man, we will wait you out and we want to come alongside and love you and we don't want to push you into a thing you're not ready to be pushed into. Uh, but for many of us, it's just a matter of sitting on the bleachers and just, you're missing out. Uh, not that long ago, I was asked by someone, what's my favorite part about ministry? And without a doubt, uh, front row seat to watching God work. And that's offered to every one of us. Uh, you can see God work by jumping in, giving your gifts away and giving them away freely.